Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chica Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue our reflections into the richness of the gospel text that we will hear for this 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time that will have us continuing our reflections into the gospel of Mark. Last week, we were reflecting upon the idol of riches and uh, money, mammon. This week, we take up another idol, uh, and that is power. Now, what we must remember is when we talk about money, uh, riches, and power, we're not talking about things that are intrinsically evil per se. No, these are things that in of themselves can be good, uh, right? We read in Psalm 62, I believe it's verses 10, 11, and following, that God himself is all-powerful, right? That God himself is all-powerful. But what is rendered in the New Testament is striking because we move from God's omnipresence and being omnipotent to him now becoming impotent. In the Latin, the word impotent means physically weak, to be crippled. Uh, So ultimately, what we discover, as we discover so often in the Christian faith, if we are going to understand the revelation of God, we often have to turn something upside down so as to turn it right side up. And uh, once again, Christ is busy doing that this Sunday. And so this will really be our focus, our emphasis this evening. And I will be uh, having this reflection, this conversation with Debbie, who is here in studio with me. So Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. Thank you for having me, Joe. You know, it's a striking thing, Debbie, as I'm sitting here. We had last month a very similar reading, and we were talking before we uh, went on air how in just the span of one month, mm. <laughs> in just the span of one month, although the readings are very similar, you're made to reflect upon it by the grace of God and hopefully with the aid of the Holy Spirit quite differently. And, and isn't that a testament to how the Holy Spirit works in our life? Absolutely. You know, how we can read one thing one day and that same reading a month later, and because of your sets of experiences in that span of time, whether it be a week or a month, you see it differently. Mm-hmm. You see, this is God's divine providence, Mm -hmm. that he would have us going back to this reading, which for me personally touched me deeply because of my experiences and my encounters over over this last month. So I'm always grateful for those moments. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of the mystery of God. And the living word. Yes, yes. (laughs) The living word. Yes, it's constantly speaking to us exactly where we are at because, as you just said, Debbie, it is living. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. You know, the word again, mystery, mysterium, inexhaustible. The word of God is inexhaustible. Yes. If God is love, as 1 John 4, 16 reminds us, then his love is inexhaustible. We can never plumb the depths of his mystery. Mm-hmm. And so this is why <laughs> reading a very similar gospel text uh, can strike us anew, because that's his living word. So, With that, Debbie, let us uh, get going. I think we are in Mark chapter 10, huh? Mm -hmm. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. 
he replied, What do you wish to do me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began, became indignant at James and John. And Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Hmm. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Amen. You know, here you have... James and John seeking this high place, mm. this place of honor. And it's as if really Debbie, he poses this question. And I think we can properly say, as he poses it to them, he poses it to us. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Are you? Do you understand what you are asking? Mm. Because if you understood what you were asking, then you would understand that the power I assume is found in, well, what we are talking about in the opening, service. Mm. There is a new power that is given to us in the New Testament, Debbie, and certainly it is in God's grace, but it is found in the cross. Do you wish to be baptized? He could also say, in the context of today's gospel, do you wish to be crucified with mm. me? Do you wish to drink the cup? Huh? If you were to go into the church fathers, uh, St. Polycarp of Smyrna and St. Ignatius of Antioch, we have some wonderful accounts of them being persecuted and ultimately devoured by the beasts in the Flavian Amphitheater, speaking about this honor of drinking from the cup of Christ. And Debbie, for all of our listeners, this just isn't Catholics. This is all Christians. When I talk about Polycarp of Smyrna and Ignatius of Antioch, these are men who knew John the Evangelist. These are men mm -hmm. who laid their life down knowing, Debbie, Christ's words here. Are you willing to drink from the cup that I drink? Are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Because it is to remember, Debbie, that Christian baptism is an immersion into Christ's death. And every time we die to self, every time we say no to one thing and say yes to another thing, essentially we are proclaiming our baptismal vows over and over again. That's the beauty of baptism. And when we do that, we drink from the cup of Christ. 
And so, yes, there is a new power in the New Testament, and it is not a power tied to some political authority. No, it is a power tied to the cross. Again, it's not about God's omnipotence. It's about God's impotence. Mm. That is the change of direction from the old to the new. And if we can grab a hold of this, Debbie, we are well on our way to understanding what the essence of the Christian faith is all about. Uh, we must share in his sufferings. Uh, we must understand that we are to endure the tribulations that we encounter here on earth for the sake of the gospel. This, of course, is what Colossians 1.24 reminds us of and why it is so important to enter into, to enter into Christ's very suffering. You know, I was reading a reflection from St. Teresa of Avila, and the, the, the quote that's in here, I believe, is from interior castles. It must be, because she's talking about building your interior castle, building your castle. I love it, because she says here, do you know what it means to be truly spiritual? Mm. And it's such a pointed question. It mm. means to become slaves of God, to be marked with his brand, which is the cross. Mm. Spiritual mm. persons have given themselves as slaves, not only to him, but to everyone. And just as you were saying, and then uh, just a couple of lines later, she said, humility has to be the foundation of your building, of your castle. Humility. It takes a lot of humility to be slave and a servant. Mm. Mm. And, you know, isn't that possibly the stumbling block? We're too proud. Of course we are. Yeah. We're too proud to serve, yes. too proud to be a, a slave. Just that word has such negative connotation. Mm -hmm. But she says, without it, we can't truly be spiritual. It'll be a stumbling block. Yeah. When I talk about the spiritual life, I've had a, I've just recently been moved to, to see how the spiritual life is synonymous with seeking, right? Mm -hmm. Because the spiritual life, Debbie, is never stagnant, no. right? The, the spiritual life if it is a spiritual life, never, <sighs> never goes stale. It is constantly seeking. So the spiritual life and the seeking are one and the same thing. And it's interesting, you quote St. Teresa of Avila, and that is really in the heart of the way of perfection, because mm -hmm. if you stop the seeking, right, then what do you have? Mm -hmm. This is why the spiritual life is always tied to um, the ache, mm -hmm. right? The desire. Yeah. You know, when you're in a courtship with someone, you ache to be with them. You will do whatever it takes to be in their presence. Well, this should be the same in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We should ache to be with him. We should desire to be with him. And that ache and that desire should lead to a seeking, mm -hmm. right? And well, what gets in the way? You just said it, certainly pride, but also tribulation. Mm. Um, fear. Fear. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure. Things that ultimately would lead to a stop in, in the seeking. And I think... What we're made to see in today's gospel is the importance of how we are to understand the seeking. Yeah, we root it in humility and we root it in service. Mm -hmm. Because in today's gospel, we have a very important point made. Whatever authority is to be exercised by the disciples must, like that of Jesus, be transformed into uh, service of others. What is the passage? For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So again, we don't have power to be over others, but power to serve others. Mm -hmm. And if we can grab hold of this, 
we can then better understand why the power is in the service, that there's actually this life-giving quality, this life-giving dynamic uh, when we go to serve. But so often, Debbie, we're caught up in our pride or we are caught up in the conventional way of thinking and we don't die to self. We don't Mm -hmm. die to self. There's a fascinating truth about Christianity and it's tied to the order of creation, I think. For something to live, something must first die, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The plant is going to die in order for the animal to live. Uh, The animal must die for man to live. And what Jesus teaches us is that man must die Die. for man to live, Mm -hmm. right? Once again, paradox. Mm -hmm. And for our listening audience, what do I intend to mean when I use that word? The word itself, paradox, comes from a Greek word that translates contrary to expectation. Mm. Contrary to expectation. And I pause to define that, Debbie, because it is very natural for us to just go about our day with a built-in understanding of things. But Christianity, again, flips something upside down so as to turn it right side up for us to see things as we ought, Mm -hmm. right? And of course, we have this dynamic going on between power and service. You know, it it has always kind of shocked me that it was James and John who um, made this request. Yeah. When you think of them in Scripture, John's known as the Beloved. He's the one that takes in the blessed mother. He's the one Jesus entrusts with his mother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then James gives us this wonderful teaching on the tongue uh-huh. and, and uh, you know, and the humility. Requ- uh-huh. It's just such, it's, so again, just as you were saying, this journey, their own, we're watching their own spiritual journey here in the New Testament. Mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. Jesus, we have something we want you to do for us. I mean, just the arrogance. Every time I read that this week, the arrogance in that statement, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see myself. Yeah, I could yeah. totally see myself. I'm, yeah. And he's like, well, what would you like me to do for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so yeah, patient. Yeah, 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 yeah. As he would be with us. And I think, wow, James and John, that's that was really gutsy. Mm-hmm. That was really mm-hmm. arrogant. And then you see these men who become... So humble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. James goes to evangelize clear in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clear and yeah. I mean, yeah, to appreciate how far that is. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And the humility of all that. And I've heard that Our Lady's first apparition was to Saint James, mm-hmm. Our Lady of the Pillar. Um, so what a what a connection these two particular men had with Our Lady. Yeah, yeah who was the epitome of humility and example for us. Amen to that. And you know, Debbie, it is to remember that whoever we think we are, mm-hmm. you know, it's like... Oh, man. The humble person never sees himself greater than he actually is or uh, smaller than he actually is. The humble person sees himself for who he is, as a son or daughter created in the image and likeness of God. I love the fact that all 12 apostles uh, needed to be humbled in one way or another, right? Uh, Why? Because it is a not-so-gentle reminder that uh, whoever you are, saint and one aspiring to be a saint and one far from God for one reason or another, right, um, you need to be humbled, you know? So no matter who you are, you need to be humbled. 
Debbie, I want to talk about this, this relationship between power and service and kind of play around with this a little bit. I mean, what do we mean to say that there's power and service? Well, when you talk about power and in its typical context, you tie it to, say, a region, maybe a country. You talk about that region or country expanding. But why do tyrannical dictatorships always fail? Because it's not about self-giving, but about Mm self-getting. This is what we learn, uh, just not throughout salvation history and scripture, but in that contemporary timeline that is so familiar to us. And so what we are made to understand is power that is in service is only powerful when it doesn't come from without, but from within. You see, when power is rooted in service, it expands. It goes out from a center point and it moves out, right? Anytime that you see someone serving, they are giving of themselves. And so what we quickly realize is that there is this kind of outward expression. It is not seeking, it is not grasping, it is not a clutching. No, it just lets go. And it is in the letting go and allowing God to work in through us that we begin to expand the kingdom of God. So wherever we are, what we ought to remember, Debbie, is that God wants us to stop wherever we are and understand that at that point, we are to open ourselves anew and allow the self-gift of Jesus Christ who is now living within us to operate in our soul in such a way that that point becomes the starting point for God's kingdom to expand. One that is not grasping, one that does not say, what's in it for me, but one that says, how much more can I give? What more can I do? Not, can I help you? I will help you. Mm-hmm. You, know? Mm-hmm. you know, and to say that is to completely give yourself over to God. And I was talking about this with someone recently, and they said, that just seems so difficult. It's so hard. And, and well, God raises the bar high, you know, and and that's just the reality of it. And we need to reach um, and understand that he's going to meet us where we are at. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's not going to give us anything that we cannot handle. I know that's hard for some people to hear sometimes, but the reality of it is, Debbie, he will not give us anything that we cannot handle. Because whatever he does give us, he understands as the father, right? He understands what we can handle, what we can take. And if we are in a personal relationship with him, we, whatever he gives to us, are to give it back to him, Mm -hmm. right? As an offering. And this is part of this greater theme that we talked about earlier of sharing in the greater mystery of the cross. It is so easy for us to get distracted, to be pulled along by all of these things. And in so doing, we forget what life is all about, Mm. to give glory to God, Mm -hmm. right? To give glory to God. And and giving glory to God isn't about the glory of me, right? No, it's about the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And there's where there's power. I just read something recently, you know, on the lines of of suffering, drinking from the cup Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. suffering. And... um, the uh, priest who was giving the advice said, never lose an opportunity to take that suffering that you have and offer it, just as you said, as a gift back to the Father. You know, I offer this suffering. I offer this suffering for the salvation of souls. 
and nothing makes Satan matter mm-hmm. than when we do that. It mm-hmm. foils him, this priest said. I loved that idea, mm-hmm. just the imagery of it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And it can be mental suffering, it can be physical suffering, it can be heartache. Folks, it's, it's our everyday life. We suffer each day of our life, but if as we offer it and say, thank you, Lord, and I offer this for the salvation of souls, you do just feel the kingdom of God expanding. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not you're not even offering, Lord, I offer this for me. Or you know, yeah, yeah. I'm offering this for even people I don't know, Lord, just for the salvation of souls, because you know who needs this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the most. I'm not even gonna presume I know who needs it the most. Now I'm not saying you can't offer it for someone in your family or whoever um, you, you, you think needs it, but what a beautiful gift that is. You're given to drink from the cup of, of suffering, and then you offer it back to the Father as a love gift. Mm, amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm reminded of that great passage that comes to us from Romans 12, verses 1 to 3. I think it is where Paul says, you know, our lives are to be a spiritual worship, a holy and acceptable offering to God, mm-hmm. that our very lives are to be a worship right? Well, Mm -hmm. what's worship about? Well, worship is about praise and offering, right? Mm -hmm. And so our lives are to be a holy and acceptable offering to God. Everything that we do, everything that we touch, um, all of our encounters that we have, Mm -hmm. to see it as something that properly belongs to God. You know, there is an important quote I wanted to get to before we wrapped up here, because I wanted to speak to the evangelical moment, to this conversation, Debbie. It's Pope Paul VI, who in his exhortation of evangelization in the modern world said, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. Mm -hmm. And if he does listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. Mm -hmm. Now, yes, Paul writes in his epistle to Rome that faith comes by hearing, but one has to be disposed to hear. Mm -hmm. It is in the act of service. Mm -hmm. It is witnessing to the truth and the love of Jesus Christ that opens the heart to listen. We've talked here before uh, on the radio program, Debbie, about how love is the bridge by which truth shall pass. Service is the invitation from which the conversation will be had. Mm. It opens us up. Why? Because you're drawn to something different. When I see goodness, when I see an act of charity, when I see someone caught up in loving and serving God. I am drawn to them. And that leads to the conversation. Mm. We were talking a little bit about um, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta earlier. Yes. And how she would just go to whoever was suffering. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, Debbie, endear herself for the sake of, you know, winning them over with some great conversation or some mm-hmm. great apologetic soundbite. She yeah. just loved. Yes, And as always. people came to her, and I say people, the world came to mm-hmm. her, she would speak when it was necessary. Yeah. And she always had a powerful message when she did speak. Yes. Some people think, well, she really didn't say a whole lot. That's not necessarily true. She had a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot to say. But it always was the outgrowth, the natural outgrowth to her service. Why? Because... There was power in her service, yeah. right? She understood that when she went to the weakest of the weak, the sickest of the sick, the poorest of the poor, she was going to Christ, and there she was finding her power. 
and she was at the service of just Christ, we have to be careful. No, she was at the service of a human person. Mm -hmm. And she was seeing Jesus Christ in that person. And she allowed Jesus Christ in that person, through that person, to minister to her. Mm -hmm. There's a fascinating truth about Christianity, is that for 2,000 years, Jesus has gone incognito. (laughs) He's chosen to go incognito. You didn't choose it. I didn't choose it. He did, right? Mm -hmm. So it is Jesus, (laughs) unseen in all of us, right, that we are called to serve. But we do so not for the sake of some agenda, but for the sake of love. Willing the good of the other, doing whatever it takes to be at the service of other, and understanding what Jesus Christ is talking about here, Debbie, in today's gospel. That I will do whatever it takes for the sake of the gospel And of course, that means being at the service of the gospel. That is the essence of um, our Lord's message today. And I think that's the message that Pope Francis brought Mm. to America. Mm. Amen. He he came to serve us. Yeah. Did he he not? Mm. He came to love us and invited us to do the same. Mm -hmm. So that's our invitation is to go out and love. Yeah. And love is not something sentimental. It is not something that is conditioned to um, how we think about this or that. No, it is unconditional. It's unconditional. And when we understand love to be unconditional, which literally means not conditioned by what we think, it opens us up to the beauty of uh, truth and goodness. Because this is the power of love that is realized in the charitable act the, the, the act of service. And this, of course, is what we are made to contemplate. And I close with that word intentionally, Debbie, contemplate. Because if we don't contemplate the things um, that we talk about here on this radio program, yes, but more importantly, this gospel, then we're never going to absorb the richness of that living word you were talking about earlier. We have to spend time with the gospel. We have to spend time with the Word of God. I could never encourage our listeners enough, Debbie, because I don't want um, this radio program to be the only time they spend with the gospel. Mm-hmm. If it is, okay, I'm glad you go to this podcast, or I'm glad you <laughs> you know, you know, turn the channel to 104.5 FM and AM 930, but please spend time with the gospel text. Read it in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. Meditate with it, inquire, contemplate the deeper meaning of it. If we do that, we we will appreciate some of the things that we were talking about this evening. And Debbie, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts. Okay, let's go ahead and close the word of prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.